At this time we will consider sin and its awful effects. Our text is found in Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 36. We read, But he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. All that hate me love death. There are a number of Scripture truths plainly stated in this text, and we are admonished to fear the Lord and serve Him in truth with all of our hearts. 1 Samuel 12, verse 24. The truth contained in this text is alien to modern-day Christendom. But all men need to know that one of the characteristics of truth is it never changes. What was truth 6,000 years ago is truth today. And what is truth today will be truth 10,000 years from now. Truth is eternal. God is the eternal Spirit. And the Bible tells us, And they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Actually, the term old-fashioned gospel is a misnomer. For the gospel or truth of God's Word has never been out of date or fashion. Jesus said, I am the true. And the Apostle Paul says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. Hebrews 13 and verse 8. Therefore, time nor human philosophy alters in any degree the infallibility or durability of God's holy word. Isaiah said, In his time, truth is fallen in the street. 59 and verse 14. And in our day, it appears as if it has altogether disappeared from the earth. But not so. For the Bible says, Truth shall spring out of the earth. Truth may be compared to a river, a river which goes underground occasionally and flows out of sight for a time and distance, but comes to surface in varied places. It was always there. The old saying, Out of sight, out of mind, does not mean out of sight, out of existence. Bible truth is more difficult to see today than ever before, but bless God, it is still in the earth. 1 Timothy 3, verse 15, Thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth. God has been pleased to make His church the repository of divine truth, and like truth, the Lord's church may be with the great majority of people out of sight and out of mind. But what they need to know is, the church is not out of existence. Our Lord said in establishing His church, He says, speaking of Himself, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Wherever the Lord's church is, there is the truth. For Christ said, I am the truth. And he said to his church, Lo, I am with you always. Many are the times the Lord's church was forced by persecution to go underground, but would in due season break out in the earth in various places with renewed strength, having been purified by its underground pilgrimage. Seeing truth can never be destroyed, it logically follows. The container in which it is stored must also be preserved. Our text, But he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. 
all that hate me love death. There are so many great and grand truths found in this text. I want to consider a few of them. First, I want us to understand clearly, as the text teaches, sin is against God. He that sinneth against me, the Lord said. Secondly, sin is against man's immortal soul. He wrongeth his own soul. And then, time allowing, we will go further and consider that the sin is the result of man's hatred of God. The text says, they that hate me. And then finally, sin has so blinded man that he unconsciously loves death. They that hate me love death. This is not merely my interpretation of the text. The babe in Christ, or the Christian in the Holy Spirit's kindergarten class, needs not a human commentary to point out these great truths. Moreover, these truths are not found only in this text, but are taught throughout the whole of Scripture. Man's sinful nature is the root cause of all of his trouble. First then, let us consider this truth as set forth in our text. Sin is against God. But I want to emphatically point out the text reads, He that sinneth against me. So it is not merely sin, but he that sinneth. It is the person that is against God, the sinful person. Sin cannot exist apart from sinners. So God being honest with mankind says, He that sinneth. The word sinneth is a verb denoting action. So man is a definite sinner. The pronoun he is used in the generic sense, meaning all men in every age of time, place, and station of life. Sin is not so much overt conduct as it is a state in nature. John Bunyan, the author of Pilgrim's Progress, said, When I saw John Bunyan, as God saw John Bunyan, I no longer prayed, God forgive me for sinning, but I prayed, God forgive me for being sin. Psalm 39 and verse 5, Verily every man at his best state is altogether vanity. Therefore man at his best state is against God. Paul the great apostle said, For I know in me that is in my flesh there dwelleth no good thing. Paul, looking at his native state, said, I am the chief of sinners. In Ecclesiastes chapter 8 and verse 20, There is not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. Sin is universal. All of Adam's posterity are sinners by nature, and therefore against God. There are no exceptions to this rule. All men apart from the saving grace of God are against Christ and all that is holy. Christ said, He that is not with me is against me. Matthew 12, verse 30. That is very plain language. And for man to deny this truth is but to deceive himself. There is not a doctrine more clearly taught in the Bible than the doctrine of the universality of sin or the total depravity of all humankind. Paul said, Wherefore, as by sin, death entered into the world. And so death passed upon all men, and that all have sinned. The Scripture says, Transgression of the law is sin. 1 John 3, 4. Again, Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Romans 14, 23. And 
All unrighteousness is sin. 1 John 5, verse 17. Simply, sin is that which is not in perfect conformity to the God of absolute holiness. Sin is the antithesis of all that is righteous. As the east is the extreme of west, and darkness the opposite of light, so is fallen man the extreme opposite of the God of the Bible. There is nothing in all of creation any more against God than carnal man. Nay, not even the devil and his fallen angel. For lost man is 100% of his time and being against God. And 100% is the absolute. The devil does not exceed man in his hatred and fight against God. There is not one moment when fallen man is neutral towards God. Man in his fallen state is the very diametric opposite of God. Sin is a small three-letter word, but it was one of the most belabored words in the large vocabulary of the Apostle Paul. Paul used the word sin, sins, and sin 53 times in the book of Romans. The reason the word sin is found so many times in the preaching of Paul is because he knew it was against his beloved Savior and that sin would, in due season, come face to face with divine vengeance. Paul says, I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. Isaiah says the whole head is sick, and the whole heart faint. From the sole of the foot, even unto the head, there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. Job asks, Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? Then he answers his own question. Not one. With that awesome answer, not one. A frightening answer, but an honest answer. Jeremiah says, It is easy for the Ethiopian to change his skin or the leopard his spots as it is for an unsaved man to please God. Jeremiah 13.23 and Paul, that great apostle, said, They that are in the flesh cannot please God. Solomon says, The plowing of the wicked is sin. Sin is not the result of social inequities or environment. It is man that makes the inequities, and it is man that ruins his environment. Sin started in a perfect environment, with perfect social equity, that is, in the Garden of Eden. No single element of good can be discovered in the heart of natural man when viewed by the spiritual microscope. No spark of divinity, no trace of God-likeness. Therefore, neither faith nor holiness can proceed from the natural heart. On the contrary, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, says, Out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemy. Mark chapter 15 and verse 19. It is humanly impossible to paint the picture of sin too black and too heinous. Yea, the most gifted and articulate preacher cannot verbally paint it nearly as black as it actually is. But God can and has, and He has given His word picture to His church and God called men. And as they in faith endeavor to delineate it, the Holy Spirit opens the eyes of those for whom Christ died, and they see sin in its awfulness. They see it as against God and His Christ. 
They see the exceeding sinfulness of sin, and they cry out from the depths of their heart, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. That is one true and honest prayer that all the elect must and shall pray. I am sure in this life you have seen some of sin's awful pictures, starving children, diseased bodies, and broken homes. But until God gives one of you of the mangled, torn, and bruised body of Christ on the accursed tree of Calvary, He has not come close to seeing the terrible effects of sin. In Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2, we read, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doeth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. No, despising the shame. Shame, adultery, lying, stealing, murder, gossip, blasphemy. Oh, what a shame these are unto God. But how ingrained they were in the old nature of man. I would to God that He may in mercy grant every lost person hearing this message, the eye of faith, that they may turn their ears and their head towards Calvary and cause you in repentance to look upon the Lamb of God and cause them to see in Him their every sin. Cause them to know that their sin the sin that they were involved in, that guilt nailed the sinless Son of God to the awful cross of Calvary. Not before any person is caused to see Jesus as their substitute, paying their penalty for sin, will they ever be able to say of a truth, God is for me. My sin is no longer against me. If God, the Scripture asks us, be for us, who can be against us? Beloved, the Bible tells us that He was made to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. It is God that justifies, the Bible tells us, and God asks us who can lay anything to the charge of God's elect. It is God that justifies. But I would ask, seeing that God is for us, the Scripture asks us who can be against us. But I want to implore you with this question. If God be against us, Dear listener, who can be for us? Ponder that. Then, too, I want us to note, sin is against man's immortal soul. He that sinneth against me, our text says, wrongeth his own soul. What you see, there used to be a humorous statement, a comment, what you see is what you get. And that may sound witty and humorous, but it can be misleading, for there is far more to a person than what the natural eye may see. Every person has a soul. The fleshly man we see, but the soulish man is immaterial and invisible. The body and soul are as distinct as a house and tenant. To be more correct and biblical, the soul and body are as different as a tent from the wind which dwells within the tent. Genesis 2, verse 7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. At this point, man is incomplete. So we continue to read. And breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. With this breath of life from God, man received not only mobility, but also nobility. 
He not only stood up, walked, talked, and ate, but he also had fellowship with God. Adam sinned, and the once sweet fellowship he enjoyed with his Creator is irreparably broken. And speaking of man collectively, Job says, His flesh upon him shall have pain, and his soul within him shall mourn. Job 14, 22. The Apostle Paul says, We groan within ourselves, desiring to be clothed upon with that house from heaven. And the Scripture tells us that man shall eat his bread in sweat and in sorrow until he returns unto the ground. To the woman God says, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow. Genesis 3.16 Adam and Eve knew no pain or sorrow before they sinned. But God in grace made them aware of sin's awful effects and we see them leaving the garden, their body in pain, and their souls mourning. He that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. God plainly says in Matthew 10:28 that man can kill the body, but that he is not able to kill the soul. Thus it is, we know the words, Dust thou art, and to dust thou shalt return, was never ever spoken to or of the soul. Dr. William Mayo of the famous Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, said, My scalpel may never uncover the soul as a tangible part of man, but I know it is there. I am confident of its presence, as I am of the most elemental truth to which my medical science adheres. I do not use Dr. Mayo's statement as proof of the existence of the soul. God's Word attests to that fact. But it is good to hear a world-famous surgeon speak out on this great truth. Our text, He that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. David prayed, saying, Lord, be merciful unto me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee. David's soul was afflicted, and soul sickness is the worst kind of sickness. However, there is hope. David knew he was terribly ill, and he went to the great physician for healing. He did not go to baptism. He did not go to his morality. He certainly did not lean upon his volitional powers. But brethren, beloved, he went straight to God. How awful it is to have cancer and not know it. It will eat away at the body until it strikes some vital organ. Then it is too late. It is terminal. So it is with the soul sick with sin. Sin eats away at the soul until it is as black as hell itself. The soul that sinned, it shall die. The soul died with the first sin, but as it continues in this awful death state, it becomes more putrid every day. In Isaiah 3, 9, and in Genesis 2, 7, Genesis 2, 7, In the day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. This was spoken to the soul. The soul had fellowship with God, not the body. The soul is the real, real person. And then in Isaiah 3, 9, Woe unto their soul, for they have rewarded evil unto themselves. It is he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. How is it with thy soul, may I ask? Have you, dear listener, rewarded or giving evil unto yourself? Every person should exercise the utmost care of their bodies. This is commendable. But when it is done to the neglect of the soul, it is condemnable. Giving the body the best food, clothes, 
home, doctor, medicine, hospital, recreation, and everything necessary for good health to the neglect of the soul is to reward oneself with evil. May God bless you, both in body and soul, both now and forever. Amen.